You're listening to Work Tape, episode 32. Isaac Grover and again Christina Lafferty in the studio and just want to go over some brief stuff with you guys so just sit down right there be comfortable Christina are you comfortable I am I am comfortable I'm actually sitting in my bed <laughs> when are you not comfortable <laughs> I'm usually pretty comfortable I mean I get to sit for my job all day so you know usually pretty physically comfortable anyway sometimes you know not emotionally uncomfortable like but that kind of discomfort where you're like, mm, I don't know. I don't know about this. I get like that whenever I have a new student. I'm very introverted. And so I get excited about having new students, obviously. But literally, I will be panicking before a new lesson. I will be sitting in front of their house, just sitting there and praying like, God, thank you for this lesson. But like, you know me every single time I get really like nervous, just (laughs) it's always fine. But literally every time I go through the same exact thing. Wow. So this is an actual anxiety that you're met with almost every time before you meet a student. Yes. One that you've already met up with before that is a regular. Yeah. When, um, when that happened, when I have a regular student, I'm totally fine Typically, by the second or third time meeting with a student, I'm good. But the first time is always (laughs) horrendous. I literally have to tell myself, okay, it is only a half hour. You can do anything for a half hour. Wow, that is pretty crazy. I've never, I've never dealt with this, but I know people who deal with this sort of anxiety. Yeah, it's a very weird anxiety, but I won't say it's debilitating. Most things are not debilitating unless you let them be. I I can't say that about everyone. I know that there are some people who really super struggle with anxiety, but honestly, I think that our society hasn't done a whole lot to aid people in helping them to overcome anxiety. Whereas our generation, the millennials, I feel like our parents, at least my parents, the way I was raised, was much better equipped to push through anxiety. Like, you do what you have to do, sort of thing. How about your students? Do they ever have anxiety when they sing? Because I know singing kind of involves you to get out there. Of course, some people are just recording artists and that's it. And they don't have to do anything publicly. But have you ever kind of discussed this topic with your students or do you not really get that personal? Yeah, I do um, talk to my students about stage fright, things like that, anxiety, because they're always all nervous their first time. Most of my students are not so high anxiety that they can't perform. Even like I have a student who is pretty high anxiety and she's always been able to perform and do really well. I have one little boy who it was his first time and he got up to introduce himself and he literally just stood there and started panting with his tongue out. And it was the weirdest thing. It was like he just couldn't even like deal with it the nerves got to him and he just started being goofy. And so like, I ran up there. I'm like, hi guys, this is so-and-so. I felt for him so much, but I don't have a lot of students with super high anxiety now. I had a whole lot more when I was teaching in the public school system and in charter school, actually, like in an actual school, I had a lot more students who were 
very, very high anxiety to the point where it was debilitating for them. And it's a really weird beast in the schools because then at that point they have documentation and different education plans that they can get on where you have to accommodate a whole lot. And sometimes it's it's interesting. I think some of the accommodations are probably reasonable. And again, I think that some of them are society and this won't be a popular view amongst educators. So sorry, but um, I think that some of the accommodations go a little too far and we're not teaching young kids how to survive in a world that's not going to accommodate them. Where I think that we've made a good amount of headway in our society is actually understanding people have mental sickness, people have anxieties, and like, we don't just brush them aside. I love that. I think we've made so much good headway in that way because, you know, you don't just tell people, well, suck it up and get over it. (laughs) Like, you you want to be understanding. You want to hold someone's hand and walk them through their struggles. And I think that's great. But I think that as we're trying to balance things, it always goes too far. Oh, definitely. Because there are often extremists in any camp. So I think it's good to have a balanced view on that for sure. Yeah. And I think achieving balance is difficult. But yeah, that was in the schools. I really don't have a lot of students who are so high anxiety that they can't perform. Like they all do super well. And I'm always very, very impressed. Like in the last recital that I did, which was most of my students' first recital, I was so incredibly impressed at how unfazed they seemed. And they were so nervous beforehand and they got up there and they're just unfazed. They just did it. And I'm like, that's incredible. They all did awesome. (laughs) Do you ever get jealous that they can do that? Heck yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I still, to this day, get kind of nervous performing. Not nearly as bad as I used to. It used to be very, very bad. (laughs) I would, I like almost threw up once before performing. Like it was so bad. My anxiety used to be so high. Performance anxiety, I should say. So you used to be pretty bad. Yeah horrible in the beginning of college because we were forced to perform in college and I hated it. And after my first semester was over, I think as I got into my second semester, definitely my third semester, I loved performing. It was the best thing ever. But at first it was literally the worst thing ever. Music's kind of cool because there are so many different types of personalities, um, putting it vaguely, right? But more specifically, when it comes to confidence, There are some of those artists where they just have that stage presence and then other people where they really need to work hard at that. And it's kind of anxiety-inducing for a lot of people. And I don't think we talk about that enough. Yeah, I really think that um, more attention should be given to it just to like let students know that it truly is normal, but that there is a way through it. And there's even good strategies on how to get through it. There's good articles on it. and really most people struggle with it. I know of almost no one who doesn't have at least a little bit of nervousness going up on stage. You you get those weirdos every once in a while who just thrive on it and they're totally born that way. They're like born with just this natural charisma and like they love the attention, not in a bad way. They just love being out there in the limelight and it's amazing, but that's not the norm for sure. 
I don't think it's a norm. I think a lot of us, it's kind of a nice thought, but I definitely don't think it's a norm at all. And I would say for sure for me as well, it's definitely anxiety inducing too. Like when I first began, it was kind of a lot because I never was in an environment that really pushed me to be so public with my art. And so I naturally kind of stayed in a corner with it. I always considered myself a very introverted extrovert. Yeah, I am. People think I'm an extrovert. I'm totally not. Oh, I always thought you were, but I was like, nah, she acts like an introvert. (laughs) Oh, I'm such an introvert. I can act like an extrovert when I need to. Um, Well, sometimes when I need to, but like, oh my gosh, social gatherings, the worst, especially where I don't know anyone. Forget it. That just, I'll dread it for days even weeks, if I know about it weeks in advance and know that I have to go to this thing, I will dread it going up to it. <laughs> wow. So the fact that that actually kind of affects your work, not to the point that you can't do it, but it does affect you pretty daily. Yeah. Maybe not even daily anymore because I haven't had a new student in quite a while. Well, that's good. Well, well, not necessarily. I think you must like getting students, but it's nice to get, to get a break, right? <laughs> Yeah, it is nice to like have a break from that because every once in a while, you know, I'll like go through a period where I have several new students at once. And so it's getting hit with that a lot in in the span of one week where I'm just like, oh, gosh, where like I'm (laughs) dreading it ahead of time. And I'm like, it's all right, Christina, you can do this because it's only a half hour and you can do anything for a half hour. And like I always have so much fun in these lessons. They're always great, but I really literally have to prep myself for it. Yeah, we don't talk about this enough. Now, you're right. We have made a lot of advances when talking about mental health and anxiety, but it's still a little bit of an unknown territory. And we definitely expect artists of all people to be really bold. But I think a lot of us are terrified to get on stage or to you know, to recite something or to perform something in front of even sometimes just five or 10 people. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. You know what? I don't know that the boldness that people expect from artists comes out in the way that most people would expect because they do expect a really um, out there, outgoing, flamboyant type personality who's just like, here I am, look at me. Like Freddie Mercury? (laughs) Right, oh, he is like... Or Michael Jackson? (laughs) Yes, but so much of the time, I think that the boldness, rather than coming out in their stage presence or their personality, is coming out in their music or in the emotion of their music. Um, I'm thinking of um, Jimi Hendrix. From what I heard, he was kind of a super shy dude, but he had a really good stage presence. And I don't know if it's that he himself was bold or if what people were seeing was the emotion coming out in his music. So like, I don't know, you get Beethoven and he was a really grumpy old dude who hated people, hated everyone and hated his life too. But A wise man. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sounds like me. No. <laughs> He, uh, his boldness came out in his actual music. His music was so emotional, had such extremes as far as highs and lows, um, like actual high notes, low notes, really extremes on the piano. 
extreme in volume to extreme quiets and extreme louds. It was also emotional and angry, a lot of it, but not all of it was angry. His boldness came out in his music, but it wasn't that really artistic thing that everyone expects. Now, what people would expect is someone like Mozart, who is literally a child in a man's body. And that's the kind of boldness I think people expect from musicians. Yeah, they expect a lot. Yeah, they do. And I don't think Mozart's the norm. I think the really moody musician is the norm. Like you have Beethoven, you have Chopin, you have Tchaikovsky. These are all really tortured souls whose boldness came out in the emotionality of their music. Yeah, so much to unpack there. You know, someone that kind of comes to mind, and I don't really know so much about this person, but, you know, because we really don't know all these people as children. But Justin Bieber seemed to me like someone, even when he was a kid, he seemed to kind of have it. And I think that's why he also got discovered, um, or sorry, he got seen in a certain way. And so they were like, hey, let's exploit that kid. But, you know, I'm just being honest. Like, (laughs) he had that kind of, uh, thing about him that made people want to just like, okay, let's sign this kid. Let's get him a record deal. Let's do these things. So the Bieber types are definitely out there. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I don't know a whole lot about Bieber and his personality. Is he like super, How like, do you know a lot about how he appears? Um, I can only go based on what obviously we see. I really don't know him, you know, so yeah, I can't. Right. Of course. Everyone loves to say something about a celebrity. Yeah, I like to reserve my opinions about them. But for the most part, Justin seemed like from a young age, he just had that zing, that kind of that thing, you know, that they're looking for. Okay. I actually think that he's kind of mellowed out the older he's gotten. That's what I would think. Like, he always seemed kind of mellow to me, but I don't follow him at all. So, but yeah, he does come across as kind of a mellow dude. But I mean, like you said, that could just be with age and time. I honestly like it. I dig it. <laughs> There's always that kid Justin and adult Justin. I definitely prefer adult Justin. And not to be rude, but yes. who's who was fully there as a child? <laughs> I mean, right. right? <laughs> oh my gosh, seriously. I actually think it's kind of weird how we exploit these child people. And I'm like, and it's cool to an extent because they're like, oh, look, a little person like singing and or acting it's kind of cool but it's also kind of like I kind of just wait until they're older and I can really appreciate what they really want to do instead of what I think these industries put into brains I'm just being honest about that I think that happens way too much with children in the industry oh I 100% agree I think that kids are totally exploited by Disney by the industry you have Britney Spears Amanda Bynes Katy Perry even like, well, Katy Perry, I don't think was exploited as a child. Right. Hannah Montana. Yes. Oh my gosh. Miley Cyrus. And look at all these girls. They like all had mental breakdowns. This is the pressure of the industry on them and not just normal pressure of trying to meet deadlines. It's pressure of keeping a certain image pressure from your parents. I'm sure I have a feeling there's a ton of dark crap going on in the industry that's being put on these kids. And it's just not okay. I am not okay with it. I'm okay with a kid being famous. I don't think it's good for them typically, but I like, I'm okay with a kid, like in theory, a kid being well-known. 
I'm not okay with the pressure that they go through in the industry. I think it's disgusting. Christina, I totally agree with you. Now, it does affect men differently than it does women. And I don't want to act like it doesn't affect guys at all. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I can't... I'm not going to let them off the hook with the guys for sure. But on top of the the woman situation, it's pretty bad because, you know, women are they're different, you know. They they handle things differently and the way that they Yeah. what they did to people like Britney Spears is absolutely appalling and it sucks because, you know, these these women have I'm trying my best not to soften girls and like make them like an object, but oh sure, but sure. but you should be protecting. You should protect your boys as well, just as much as you yes. protect your woman. But you should be protecting girls in a different way than you protect boys. I mean, if anything, you should tell your boys how to, you know, how to be. And I think we do need to be more there for men because we assume yeah. that they can do it on themselves. But like, really, like guys need help. I'm just telling yeah. you. But with the woman they need someone who's going to protect them. And the industry has definitely failed countless women when they were girls. And then these, you know, these girls, when they grow up to actually be women, you know, they don't really know what to do. And a lot of them look, you know, they look psychotic to people. And as a kid, I didn't understand it. I remember seeing Britney's breakdown as a kid. And and I won't lie, I didn't really have I didn't really like say anything vicious. I was just kind of like, whoa, look at this person. They're crazy, you know, but I didn't realize how how much society has conditioned us to be judgmental toward people. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And to always have to be in their business. And so it's absolutely messed up what happened to a lot of these, um, of course, actors. But yes, you know, the musicians that we mentioned in it's very aggressive in pop culture. Yeah, it's really sad. I think women and children are always going to be the most vulnerable. Like you said, not that men aren't being exploited either. And that's just as wrong. I think that just like women are susceptible to abuse in very specific ways, men are too. Men are susceptible to being abused in specific ways. Like you have the Me Too movement, which in some ways is good and in some ways is really bad. You have people bandwagoning on like, oh, this person did this. Well, did they really? And you can basically like just ruin a man's career by lying. Right. And and I think a lot of women got so angry about it that they ended up taking you out on any guy they could. And what's terrible is it it actually demonizes the woman who actually went through something. And it's and it's wrong. If you as a woman abuse that so-called privilege, then what you end up doing is you end up being against yourself as a woman by also making other women look bad. So what you need to do is step aside and let the women who have actually been abused come out, talk about it, and you know we should support them. Oh, 100%. It's an abuse of ju- or a perversion of justice on yes, all sides. And it's absolutely infuriating to me because there are men's lives who's being destroyed by this and there's women's lives who are being destroyed by this and it's going to make the situation a million times worse than it is it's very frustrating to me yeah it's trickier with these child pop stars so i i'm kind of like eh, i'd rather listen to an adult hmm. i would too but i i'm not like completely against it but i'm i'm like you i i think it's okay to a degree Yeah, 
I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with a kid getting famous. I think it depends on how it's done. I don't think that they should be part of the industry because I think the industry is sick. Like, I think the industry is corrupt. Dude, the industry's sick. Like, you got to check <laughs> it out. It's it's sick, man. <laughs> but no, it's it's not sick, man. It's like sick. Like, oh, this needs some severe help. <laughs> But, you know, the cool thing is that um, there's so many platforms now for people to get famous on their own. And I think that a kid getting famous, like maybe on YouTube, isn't going to be as detrimental to them as a kid getting famous in the industry. Dude, I'm all for this independent revolution. I think it's... I love it. I think it's fantastic where adults have more options and they have more options where they can be more involved in their child's career and they don't have to be swept to the side as easily. Now, at the end of the day, I'm just being honest, it is the parent's responsibility whether or not they want to sign a contract. So I'm not saying that the parents, oh, like it wasn't their fault. No, if if your child ends up in that situation, you should have- It was their fault. <laughs> no, you, you should have. If there was a time to be a helicopter parent, it would have had to have been at that moment. For sure. I agree. But now with the more independent type situation that we're in, it's really cool that you as a parent can, you can be more confident in the safety of your child. You know, just be smart about it. Like make sure that you, uh, you know, you can manage your child's accounts. You can do a ton of things. And obviously it's between you and the child. I mean, kids don't really always like it that their parents involved. And I get it, you know, because we were all there. But of course, you know, we as adults, you know, we understand the dangers that, children don't. And so it is kind of cool that there are more tools for the parents today. If your child happens to really be good at singing or playing an instrument, you know, they have a lot of potential as an artist. So it can be a really good thing. You know, it can be a much better thing than it has been in the past. Yes. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, I'm not going to lie. I think that was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, that flowed really well, too. It did. Things have been so crazy, so it's definitely been a tighter schedule down here at the studios. But, I mean, we're going to see you again next week anyway, so that'll be cool. I wanted to kind of go over some Olivia Rodrigo with you, as well as maybe Celine Dion, some Rihanna. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're still on that Woman's Month thing, even though we totally talked about dudes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know what's funny is like, okay, so I'm just going to say it really quickly, because I've I've told you this off air. (laughs) I really don't like Black History Month. And I feel like if I were a woman, I'd feel the same way about Women's History Month for obvious. So dumb. Yeah, there's a part of it that I can't stand. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're just worth a month, but whatever. Um, It feels like pandering to me. Oh, totally. (laughs) Oh, you you oppressed little woman or you oppressed little person of color. Here's a month for you. Like, (laughs) shut up. Get out of here. How about we just like, you know, recognize talented people all year long. Well, and of course, right? You know, we always yeah. talk about women on this podcast. So it's, it feels kind of weird to pander to that. At the same token, I won't lie. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is my man privilege speaking, right? <laughs> I always get my friends, you know, who are white. They're like, oh, Isaac, can I say this? I'm like, dude, like, who cares? Just be yourself. But, you know, it's funny. Is ironically, I can get it. Like, as a guy in Women's History Month, now I feel like, oh, wait, can I say this? Like, am I allowed to? So I told you. 
I want to honor a woman and we, I want to talk about it because I think it's a cool opportunity to really talk more about women of Dunham music. But at the same token, I, I couldn't care less. I'm going to talk about them all year long. I mean, I, I men, woman, I don't care what your art is. I, if I like you, I like you. Yeah. Yeah. I feel the same way for sure. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. And thanks for coming in. It's always great. You are a wonderful addition to this channel, whatever, this broadcast. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. To this show. And you are more than welcome, Christina. But yeah, that's it. That wraps it up for today's episode. Be on the lookout for more episodes in the future. And every Friday, you know, we're there. Unless you don't see an episode, then something happened. Um, (laughs) But we hope that that's not the case. But yes, we will catch up with you guys later. And Christina, like usual, I'll catch you later. All right. Sounds good. 